Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Today, I'm here with the band. I'm playing on the drums. We got David Farmer on guitar. What's up, Kev? David Our, Farmer's like lead singer. Oh, lead, okay, lead <laughs> yeah. singer. He's lead singer today. Okay, lead singer today. Yeah, okay, absolutely. got it. All right, we, we have Shane on. I'll be bass. You're on the bass. bass. Bringing in the bass. Yes. All right. And today, um, we have a fantastic episode for you. I had the privilege, actually, uh, not too long ago, to join Mr. Farmer at Chick-fil-A while he shared some of the principles we're going to hear today to a team of executive support staff members. And I, and I want to set this up because when I had the privilege of being there, I was inspired and I was reminded saying, I wish a leader would have shared these things with me when I was entry level, when I was in positions where I may, may not have had the influence I desire to have because he reminded a group of people just how influential they really were and the impact they had to the organization. And so today, Dave's going to unlock those superpowers, and then uh, Shane's going to jump in and kind of share some things from his experience as well. So, David, first of all, just kick us off with what is it like? What is the power of a support team member, and and just kind of what is the purpose of even doing something like sharing it with them? Yeah, Kevin, thank you. The first thing that comes to mind is I would ask listeners, think about your life. Is there someone in your life you go, oh my goodness, I cannot imagine if they weren't around Mm. or part of my team. I mean, I, I just don't function well, or I wouldn't be nearly as productive, or I would just have major issues if they weren't around. Hopefully, you have somebody like that. If you don't, you need to be thinking about how do you get people like that in your life because as you'll, I think, understand over the course of this conversation, they can help get you to a whole other level. But I'm very fortunate that I've got some of those folks in my life. I actually have a Vicki Alley, who is an executive assistant for me at Chick-fil-A. And then because I have stuff going on in my personal life, we've talked about Belay before. We've That's even right. had Brian and Shannon Miles as podcast guests. You may want to go back and hear that one. They have a business that's all about virtual staff solutions, and one of the staffing solutions is an EA. So Rebecca Malman, uh, who lives in a completely different state from me, is my virtual EA and helps me with all my personal stuff. And I just know I would be in a world of hurt without uh, those two ladies. They're phenomenal. And I had an opportunity, as you said, to speak to a group. And one of the things I wanted them to do is understand just how valuable they really are. So got some principles I'd like to share. And then, uh, Shane, you, you helped me. Kevin, you've heard it. You jump in, too. And then talk about how you perhaps redefine a support role. Mm-hmm. Think bigger about it. And so it, it really begins by making sure that someone that's on your team does not just have a task orientation. My role, my purpose for being is to do this task. They need to link that to something much well, bigger. Well, David, I'm going to jump in too here. Yeah. Um, and just as a reminder, I think it's important as leaders, as launchers, that as much as you possibly can, you include as many people as you can into this ability to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And I think oftentimes uh, we look at the support around us, and they may not feel like they're as a part of uh, the inertia behind the work that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And, and so what I love about this is you've really done a good job of trying to give some principles um, and create a conversation around how do you ensure that everybody in your organization 
big or small, feels like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Because ultimately, that'll that'll create the necessary momentum you need. Well said. Totally agree. So the way I think, if, if, you're, if you were to have an action list, I would say you would want to make sure that everybody on your team understands the overall vision, your overall mission. What are the big goals or objectives that you're pursuing right now? Don't think that's only for a few. That's only for leadership. Everybody kind of needs to feel like they're a stakeholder in that, to your point, Shane. Yeah. So, and, and so, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give my commentary later, but I think that's a really great segue into, okay, so, so how, how do I kind of go about doing some of this? Well, you have to be transparent. And you, which I think is a really healthy thing from a leadership standpoint anyway, and I think just be willing to share, um, this is the bigger picture, this is what I'm being held accountable for, this is what success looks like. So Mm -hmm. uh, success is not really just completing a task. It's about an outcome. So to the degree that you can get everybody on the team, including those that may be in a support role, understanding and bought into that outcome I think you're going to get radically better well, performance. Well, again, uh, you know, the whole team truly wants to know how are we going to compete and win? Like, what does that look like? What's the vision that we're trying to attain together? And um, what you're trying to do is include everybody in, in that. But oftentimes, uh, you know, specifically support staff, they may not know the details, but they're energized by the details. That's what they're, honestly, they're gifted at, is actually living in the details. And so when you begin to unpack the vision and the goals and you get into the minutia of here's what it looks like and here's how we're going to win as a business, they actually are thrilled by that. They want to be a part of some of those conversations. Okay, so I'm going to build on what you, one of the things you just said, Shane. Uh, we sometimes associate the big picture with the person that might be up front because their skill set or maybe their responsibility set includes being up front. But we all know it takes way more than the person up front to get really meaningful things done, right? Absolutely. So we've got to sort of break down that myth and help people understand it involves us all kind of working together for this whole puzzle to come together. That's where the magic happens. And celebrate the people that aren't in the upfront roles too, but they're in critical positions to contribute. You know, one of the things that I think also happens a lot is that kind of conversation with support team members it gets them off of the idea of is my leader perfect or not because when you're in a support role you can convince yourself completely that i'm here to serve leader number leader a or b because so much of your work is literally tied to that person you know you might be reading their emails balancing calendars travel and and while that might be facilitating their success might be a part of the role you're still here for the team and I think that just the, the ability to expand against, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, I'm so in this person's world that I keep forgetting that I'm more than. So if you're, I mean, if you're a marketing assistant, I mean, which is kind of where I started, you know, there's this reality saying, oh, I'm here to facilitate this team's success, not just one individual. But I, but I, I had to be reminded in our team staff meetings to go back to the corporate level saying that's why I matter. Well, just a couple reminders here as we you know, pick up on this overarching big idea here around sharing the overall vision i think there's there may be a couple different uh folks in the audience that are listening to this one is you may be the leader that's leading the team therefore it's really really important to share the vision or you may be in a position right now where you're actually supporting the leader 
And I would ask you and tell you and remind you, it's really, really important to continually ask about the vision, like where mm, are we headed and how, what's my part in this so and how, to, how can I help? So it's not a, it's just as important to share it as it is to ask about it. And so uh, maybe just a reminder as you're out there, think about what your role is and if are you asking about the vision on a regular basis and how you're supporting that? And if you're the leader, are you sharing it on a regular basis as well? All right, that's good. So that's, that's the first key principles. Make sure we've tied the support team to the overall vision and goals. And then that kind of leads directly to the next point. You then want to tie performance, specific performance feedbacks, performance expectations. Uh, if your reward systems are tied to performance, you want all that to reflect not just a task, but go a step further. A task that does what? A task that yields what result? A task that helps achieve what goal? Mm -hmm. uh, you want that kind of alignment. So what we're talking about now is 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 really an alignment of intent and purposes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's that's powerful. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can just say that I know I've not always done a very good job of that, and I and I understand that. I mean, there is a reality of saying, well. What's my scoreboard when I'm in a support role, right? It's, it's harder to evaluate it. I'm saying to myself, well, you know, I don't spend the budget. I just kind of help make sure the expenses are tracked or, you know, or I, I'm, my, my responsibilities are often given to me by someone else. And I kind of feel like my job is to almost wait and just be accessible for those tasks. So what have you seen from your experiences working with support team members in you know, a variety of capacities over your careers that you've seen that X kind of helps pull that out of like the performance itself? Well, I, I feel like where I'm drawn to around performances, I actually tie that to behaviors as mm. well. And I do feel like within our support staff, so I would say specifically, I have a sister from another mother. Her name's Rita Blanding, and she supports me, and I love her to death. And the core values of Chick-fil-A and the behaviors that exude actually start with how she supports our mm, team. That's awesome. And it's powerful. So we have some shared values around Chick-fil-A, around here to serve, better together, pursue what's next, and purpose-driven. And if that's not felt in the way that you're supporting, team, it really does start there. So as a leader, if you have some core values that are important to how you function as a team, the best place for that to begin, the nucleus of that, I actually think is in how we support each other um, and how that support works from that team of people that are supporting your organization. So I would say, you know, when I think about performance, I actually think about the behaviors associated with that performance. And so that's kind of where I fall is like, okay, what's the culture that we want in and around our, our group or our team? And it actually, the best place for that to happen is actually in your support staff. Mm, that's awesome. I do think one of the things you'll notice is people have a different decision kind of matrix framework when uh, they have the big picture. They're thinking about things through um, a different lens. And what might have almost been annoying or unacceptable under one set of circumstances, you may go, okay, it's not great, but in the bigger picture, I see why we need to do that. And I'm okay with that. I, I think that's the right call. Um, we get that as leaders sometimes, but we want to make sure that that same mindset cascades down throughout the entire team and certainly including anybody that's in a support role as well you you just want them you want them to think like a leader shane what's the old expression we got from that business a business of business people outperformed i'm trying to remember it it, it was it was said in a catchy way but the, the point was to the degree that you help everybody on the team think like a leader 
they're going to be they're not going to be um, needing you to tell them what to do and how to do it all the time. They're yeah. going to approach it from a leadership point of view. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think you know, kind of tying back to my individual performance. If I understand to a degree what the expectations are of the team and what my expectations are, then all of a sudden you have a body of people that are working to help the business get better. Mm. And it really does tie to, okay, so what's my role in that? How is my performance in uh, an important piece of that? I think ultimately that's really, really helpful. That's awesome. So, so, so uh, step one is us sharing the overall vision and goals with the support team members. Two is time performance to this bigger vision, so they understand how their actual, you know, work, the outcomes they produce, kind of help achieve that bigger goal. So, what is the next step in the framework? Yeah, the next step is really to redefine roles. And it's to move specifically from sort of a task orientation to seeing your role in a, in a much bigger context. And I'll, here's how I'll illustrate. Let's take a, a, an executive assistant. Common task might be you're going to arrange and coordinate meetings, you know, uh, sync up calendars. A lot of logistics work goes into that. Uh, in our work environment, that's tough. Everybody's busy. It's like solving at least complex puzzles that sometimes unsolvable puzzles, mm-hmm. but that's what a lot of our executive assistants do. That's a task. If they are booking travel logistics, that's a task. If they are coding invoices and making sure things are getting to the, you know, uh, they're accounted for properly, that's a task. Still may need to do tasks, but you need to view those tasks in a different light. And so I kind of want to suggest three different roles, and I sort of use tools. I literally went to Home Depot (laughs) and just picked up three simple everyday tools you might have around the house to illustrate these roles, if that's cool. Go for it. Okay. So uh, here's the first. I call the first role uh, of someone that might be on your support staff. They may be a sweeper. And so I grabbed a broom. Uh, So think broom. Now, you may think, oh, yeah, yeah, I get this. I'm the person that gets to clean up the the, the mess at the end when everybody else leaves. (laughs) That could happen and probably does happen, but that's not really, really what I'm talking about. I'm thinking of a sweeper in the context of soccer. Hmm. And I had a daughter that played soccer. She played defense, and she was in the sweeper role. And essentially, you have a goalkeeper. You really don't want an offensive player with a ball going one-on-one on the goalkeeper because the odds are tilted in favor of the offensive player at that point. So you have this line of defense, and the sweepers are that, kind of that last line of defense before the goalkeeper, and they're supposed to anticipate where might the threat come from, roam all over the field, and take that threat out before it becomes – one-on-one offensive player versus goalkeeper. So the, the, here's the real role of the sweeper. Head, think from a soccer standpoint, head the threats off at the pass, hmm. which is way more than just having a task orientation. That's being intuitive. That's being discerning. That's anticipating where might my team run into trouble. How can I keep that from happening? That adds enormous value. Yeah, an example of that is somebody that may be managing your calendar – being able to look out three to four weeks in advance and go, hey, the things that are lined up here, you actually need to be aware that you're you're not going to be prepared for this meeting or you need to set aside some time to be prepared for this meeting because if you're not – Here's where a potential threat is, and, mm. and that's an example that's of a beautiful really example. thinking that's about great. the sweeper role and thinking about how do I best support 
the pe- people on my team to anticipate where that next play may need to be. And so mm-hmm. Rita comes and says, so Shane, I booked you four hours of prep time before those big meetings. That's and, exactly what she does. And you and go. It's so helpful. Oh, my gosh, you're awesome, right? Yeah, absolutely, every single time, because what she could have done is just said, oh, here's a blank in his calendar, and so therefore he has time for a one-on-one meeting, and she schedules that, and then I don't have time to prepare for this bigger opportunity. She, in advance of that, says, nope, no one-on-one meetings this week. He's going to use these blocks of time to get prepared for what is the, has the potential to be a huge opportunity or a big threat if not addressed. And so, therefore, that, that, that role is so, so important. Being able to pull up, look holistically at what the needs of the team are, and anticipate what those may need to be down the road. Yeah, I love the idea of that from the standpoint that it, I think it helps everyone listening say, my role in the details or the execution does does not mean I'd stop thinking. And I think and, and I and I'm saying this because not that they themselves may think, oh, if I'm in that role, I don't think. It's the idea of saying, oh, I'm just here to, and you and you almost convince yourself at times, I'm only here to execute. I'm only here to knock out the cue. And I think that just this that simple shift in mindset says, hey, once again, I kind of have my own person to manage. I think anyone who has an assistant would say that that person's responsibility in many ways feels like they're managing you. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I call Kendall uh, my EA. I call her my chief wrangler. I'm like, you know, yeah, I understand. Like, I, you, I'm like, you are leading me. I, I, I understand that. I don't, I don't run from that idea. There's a lot of admitting that, and I think that's a powerful, powerful concept. So what might be another uh, redefinition of the role of our support team members. Okay, before we go there, can sure. I uh, go back to Sweeper for just a moment? It might be a lot of it might be in, in logistics realm. You know, your scheduling example that's logistics. It doesn't have to just be logistics though. It could be th- they detect an early warning sign of trouble. Maybe it's cultural. Hmm. Maybe there's some discord on the team, and they pick up on it in a lunch conversation that you, that you're not going to hear. Because I know this: I get everybody. I get um, the best version of everybody, typically, right? Is hmm. the leader. Uh, I don't necessarily hear the things that they have angst about, hmm. but the support team might. That's a fair and so they that's... can help tee that up in an appropriate way, and just help sensitize you to it, yeah. so that you don't step right in it. So there may be some folks out there going, okay, you got me. I'm interested. I need that in my support. How do I get there? Let's just spend a little bit of time. And I know we're, we're probably overextending our time in this one area, but I think it's so important because I think early on, I was encouraged to spend weekly time with my support team and really look back one week prior and review that week and say, hey, went went well. What didn't go so well? What would we have done differently? But here was the magic. Then we looked three weeks ahead, and you begin to train yourself and develop your support team to be thinking about how do we anticipate these threats. Because here's what I would say. I don't think – I don't necessarily think everybody intuitively thinks about support this way. 
Mm. So to be honest with you, I have to train myself as a leader to think this way, and my support team has to be trained on how to think that way as well. And I think together you can actually begin to put these roles in place. So this sweeper position, it's not going to just happen. you got to sit down and go, okay, let's look at our calendar together three weeks out and talk about what would be best for us as a team to be successful. So that may be one approach that you can take with your support team is spend some time on a weekly basis kind of looking one week back and three weeks ahead, and that'll help you take some steps towards this. That's beautiful. That's a great idea. All right, now pick up with your question. So we go from uh, role one might be sweeper. Role two would be a bureaucracy buster. I love this one personally. Okay, so think sledgehammer. And it's inevitable, particularly as organizations um, grow up and mature, they have to kind of upgrade their processes, their procedures, some of their policies, and you can see bureaucracy creep in. Sometimes it's just necessary. You need it. It helps uh, you know, create organizational health. But admittedly, there are times when stuff pops up. And we even talked about here within Chick-fil-A, we've had some stupid rules in the past. And so, probably well-intentioned, but at the end of the day, they do more harm than good, honestly. And we need to, we need to root those out. So we've got to identify them and then figure out what's a better way. And I think sometimes the people that are right there on the front line, they can see it, they can smell it, they can sense it before the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And, and so they can help us root out some of the bureaucracy that if we don't fix it, it's going to create drag in the organization. Yeah. It, uh, this one reminds me of that balance of – being a servant to other people because you're trying to help people get things done, but at the same time also having to kind of play this role of traffic cop and what you would refer to as this bureaucracy buster. What comes to mind for me is oftentimes I'm invited to meetings that I really don't need to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And when my support team stands up on my behalf and says, hey, I don't think Shane needs to be at that meeting – but they also introduce some options. So mm-hmm. an option might be, hey, once you have this meeting, if you'll forward me the notes, I'll, be, I'll make sure that Shane reviews that and goes through them and gives, them, gives you, a, you know, a good response or a response to mm-hmm. that versus taking my time. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very valuable. That's honestly, as you get into organizations and they get larger and larger, you're going to find yourself invited to every meeting because everybody thinks they can, you know, they need you as a leader to be a part of that. And I do think this role is really, really important. And it can feel like a sledgehammer, right? Mm -hmm. But it has to have a soft touch. Too. You got to be able, yeah. It's a velvet hammer. It's kind of like boom. Okay, I you just can use a rubber mallet. If a rubber mallet's it. better. It still has the same impact. And um, I, I think there's some, there's some, you know, it has to, it has to be filled with uh, truth and grace, so to speak. Hey, the truth is, he doesn't need to be a part of this, but we do want to provide some options. And so that's what I love about this, this aspect of being a bureaucracy buster. Or how about this? Someone says, "Hey, I need a one-on-one with Shane for an hour," and Rita might say, "Well." Tell me a little bit more about that. And she understands what they're all about. She goes, you know what? I think we could probably knock that out over a phone call and save you and Shane some time. And she's kind of she's taking some bureaucracy, some friction mm-hmm. out of the system. Yeah. You know, what, what I love about both of your perspectives is, I mean, which is, which is why I respect you as individuals, you both put it on as like, 
hey, I could be the source of bureaucracy and my support team could actually make sure I'm not the one adding it, right? Because, for example, if a leader has, has, has the wrong perspective, and I say, if I say wrong, for those who are listening, I'm not saying wrong intentions, I'm challenging your perspective. Because the people who are inviting Shane or David to these meetings, they're probably because they want you to know that they want you involved, right? Like they're mm-hmm. saying, hey, I just want you to know that I really want you to weigh in so that you know that we're not doing anything without you because we just trust you and want to follow your leadership, right? So they, they have this great intention. And you're saying, thank you. And your support team, obviously Vicky, Rebecca, you know, Rita, they're saying, okay, hold on. I know them enough as a leader that they would want you to be empowered. They would want you to make decisions. So we're going to move them. And I, and I love that idea because sometimes bureaucracy is actually the other way, right? They're just saying, hey, I can just sense the bureaucracy, period, because I'm the one who's watching all of it happen, right? I'm on the email chain seeing all these things be, you know, volleyed back and forth. And I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of stuff going on. I know when I first started as a, you know, as a marketer, you know, bottom of the totem pole, assistants could just give me the lay of the land. They're like, hey, Kevin, him, her, him, him, call them. They'll make it happen. I'm like, thank you, right? They, they, they almost have this roadmap that they just know. Like, they know who to engage and they know who calls the shots because they, they know who has the influence. And so I think there are times when, like, even just that part of it, like, hey, I need to move something along and, and time is of the essence. And they're like, I know it's really going to here, – here's, here's a real level to pull – Boom, boom, boom. And like, oh, thank you. I've, I've seen my own admin do this extremely well. Here's a really good example of that. They would say to somebody, hey, I really need to talk with Shane. And they would go, hey, I know he's going to be downstairs at lunch. Why don't you walk him up, ride the elevator with him, and give him your quick pitch. Meet him down there. And they're like so grateful. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you created something that you wouldn't do for anybody. That's right. But you did it for me. And so they feel so grateful for that. But at the same time, it removed yes. the necessity for me to have to spend a one-hour meeting with them. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about that's busting through bureaucracy. Okay. That's Can I give fantastic. you two concepts on Please. this? So if you're trying to root out bureaucracy uh, and you're in a support role um, – one thing you can do is just help identify it, and that adds value. You can say, hey, I think this isn't working like it should, and it, it's way too burdensome, not enough value. Okay, good. You've identified. If you want to add even more value, bring a better alternative. So it's easy to call out the problem. It's harder to come up with a good solution. And you really want to add value, bring options on better solutions. So I'll just challenge. Don't just think I'm just going to be the person that's always pointing it out. Get on the solution side of that equation. But here's the last thought I'd give you on this role. Just think, how do I get the friction out of the system? Friction makes things harder. If I can, if I can grease the skids and make it easier for us to achieve the vision, I am a bureaucracy buster. I love it. That's awesome. All right. So I know there was one more factor in, in, like, in kind of the new evolution of, of a role for our support members. How would you describe this one, David? Okay. Th- this one I call the force multiplier. And uh, what? Let, let me describe it in terms of a little construction project. If, if you ever tried to pull a nail out of a board um, that needs to come out, if you try to do that by hand, super, super hard. But there's this tool that's like a little lever tool, and you slip uh, the end of it underneath the yeah. head of the nail, and then you're just you're using the tool like a fulcrum, and you can pop that nail right out. And what's fascinating to me, it's not a power tool. It's a hand tool. Hmm. 
you are still the source of all the power and energy needed to get that nail out, but you're, you're using leverage. So a force multiplier creates leverage for the team. Hmm. What that really means, they it's almost your example a moment ago, they know how to make stuff happen. Hmm. You were talking, Kevin, about how they just sort of know who's who and what's what and how things work, and they can keep work flowing. And by doing that, they multiply all the efforts of the team. Or they have complementary gifts and skills. Mm -hmm. You may be awesome at this thing, but your work can bog down because of an area that's not an area of strength. It happens to be in their sweet spot. Or we talk about genius a lot. It's, in their, it's, it's at the intersection of their strength and passion. They complement you, and in doing so, they're creating leverage. And that is accelerating you towards the fulfillment of your vision. And, and I do I do think an important reminder here is it's so important to for those support staff to get to know you and what your strengths and weaknesses are and vice versa for you to get to know them on what their strengths and weaknesses are for you to fully be able to leverage this idea. And what I mean by that is, I mean, so often I look back to the folks that I've been blessed to be supported by and they truly knew what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. And so they kept me out of meetings that I didn't need to be a part of, or they inserted me into conversations that I did need to be a part of because of those strengths and weaknesses, as well as when I knew what their strengths and weaknesses, there were certain things I did, I asked them to do and certain things I didn't. That allows you to really leverage your strengths, which is you being leveraged in a way to create uh, of this multiplier effect within the team. You know, it makes me think of two concepts. So one is like, I have this idea sometimes of, a, of like a micro team. You know, like there's, you know, I lead Junction 32, and then I lead Kevin Jennings Inc. Obviously, not in that order. Kevin Jennings Inc. And you know, it, me as a company is first, and my wife obviously is you know a, a key critical member of that team. You know, my assistant. You know, Kendall is a big part of that team. My wife views Kendall as a part of that team. And, and, and I think what, what happens is what I'm trying to run, Kevin Jennings, Inc., I would totally say, hey, I have really great people at the table who help me be better, right? And, and I think that for me, I, I think I had to adopt that mentality because I think as long as I thought, oh, Kendall's here to make Junction 32 successful, yes, but through me as a vehicle. Like, I am, I am her vehicle I'm her division to run to a certain extent. It's already it, it made things a lot easier. And one of the things I think in particular that I, it's not lost on me that my my ability to go full time as an entrepreneur did not happen before Kendall joined the team. Hmm. And I was working on. I mean, I, I've been freelancing for four or five years, and she joins the team, and a year and a half later, I'm full time. Like to me, and you know, and, and so for me, that that leverage is not lost. Now, I also had the reality that one time I did, um, I did annual reviews with my contractors, even, and they all asked me to get an assistant. Like they, unanimously, <laughs> they they all said, Kevin, our request for next year is that you take money and get an assistant. My wife said, we get an assistant. You know, like, and I was like, no, guys, I don't want to be. I don't. I, I thought that I was elevating myself by saying. I need support help. You know, I'm one of you. I'm in the trenches with you guys. I, and I, I don't want you to think I'm above you. It's not. It, but they but they had. And it wasn't until the, it was a resounding at home and at work. Everyone saying our number one next hire 
based on our preferences is you get an assistant. Well, there's a lesson there too, Kev, and that is your willingness to ask the question on what what is it that you needed to best serve the team. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, the aha for me is making sure that you're asking your team, what is it that I could do to best serve you, which in turn would best serve the team. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes. Um, and I think that transparency and openness is paramount when you're in these conversations because um, I look at this and, and I've got folks within my own team that depending on their strengths, that's what to me is a force multiplier. Like how are where are you at your best? Where's your genius? And how do we leverage that at certain times? I've got people on my team that are the best at when I need to come up with a talk or that I need to deliver, I put one or two of these people in the room and we can knock out in 30 minutes what would take some groups three hours when it Mm -hmm. comes to the creativity needed to put a talk together or a presentation together. That's a strength. That's a force multiplier. But you get there by fully understanding what people's strengths are on your team and for them to understand what your weaknesses and strengths are as well as a leader. That's awesome. David, anything you want to add to that? Well, I, this will be my dismount for the this, for this podcast, if that's okay. I, I want to go back to where we began. Do you have somebody on your team that's playing these roles? Hmm. If not, you need to get somebody. Or maybe you've got somebody, but they're not thinking at this level. Maybe you've not cast their role at this level. You need to recast it, and you need to help them think at this level to recognize the value that they provide. So when do you have somebody? Maybe you need to be asking yourself, am I providing this kind of value for the Mm. team that I support as well? So again, sweeper, bureaucracy buster, force multiplier. I do think we need to make sure that we are celebrating the people in these roles. Yes. Helping them understand you are every bit as much a stakeholder in the, the just the victories that we experience as, as anybody else. It ain't going to happen without you. Things fall apart. And to that end, I feel like Jeff Henderson's not here. So I'm going to give – and Jeff just launched – a, a whole new church campus, which is huge. But can I just say, for the record, Jeff is a shell of himself without Kristen Franklin. So that. you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, and I, I mean, honestly, I think it'd be interesting to see each individual's who's a leader, you know, and see their career trajectory before they landed that particular support person. I mean, Michael mm-hmm. Hyatt's come on the record and bragged about his assistant Jim. So much because he's like, this this individual is literally changing and accelerating everything. I'm talking about force multipliers. And so I, I just would, I, I think I can't speak on this enough personally because I, I really held out on it for a long time because I thought it was more of a status symbol in my mind. I lied to myself and told myself this story about it being a status symbol. And no, it was just wisdom saying, this is what the team needs from me to put me in a better spot. People are paid on time because Kendall's on the team. <laughs> Kevin, you, uh, you just did that podcast recently with Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Yeh? Chris Yeh. Awesome. Um, Blitz scaling. Blitz scaling. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard that one, listeners, got to hear it. But one of the things uh, Chris talks about is how someone in this kind of role, you may think, that's oh, a luxury to your point you were making. They help you create focus. Mm-hmm. And the focus that you're able to put on what you're really, really good at is what may get you to the to the next level. So he he had an interesting perspective. Go back and listen to that. I thought it was an awesome interview. So 
Well, hey, guys, thank you again. Thank you for sharing. I said, when I first heard this, I said, David, we have to talk about this on the podcast because I know that for any leader, no matter where you are in your journey, you need support, period. So let's just be honest. I mean, so this is not reserved for those who can get full-time help. You know, Kendall works with me part-time. Rebecca works with David part-time. This is, I don't, take away the excuses and ask the question, what does my team need and what do I need in order to serve the team, as to, Shane, to Shane's point? And so... Just remind you guys, go to the show notes. We kind of laid this role out pretty quickly, and I understand that we kind of were, you know, giving a lot of color commentary, but if you go to launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast, you're going to find this episode, and the recap is going to give you these bullet points so that you have the opportunity to make sure you start to think about how am I going to either look for this role, you know, uh, encourage my team to understand that they're doing this role well, and also, we want you to subscribe to this podcast. We are, we are leaning in really hard into our, our experiences to try to make sure we're serving entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, leaders within organizations, leaders that are going out and creating organizations on their own. We believe that there are some common struggles and it's just two different types of entrepreneurship that we think are unique but also very similar. Lastly, we'd love for you to leave a review for the show on iTunes. That's kind of the Google of, of the podcast world. You've heard us say that a, a thousand times and we still want your feedback. If you get value out of this podcast, that is the first gift we'd love to get in return. It's just the opportunity for you to say, okay, I'm not going to assume that everyone knows about Launch University because I do. And I'm going to help these gentlemen encourage others who are like me on their journey. That will be a great gift to us. And other than that, my friends, come back next time. We have we have we are working so hard to think about you and, and what we can do to serve you. So feel free to go to our page, send us a message, let us know how we can better serve you guys. That is the goal. So as always, we look forward to having you join us next time on the Launch University Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com. 